0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, so just I have a bunch of questions to ask you because uh, sure. your podcast is actually really amazing when uh, it comes to different kinds of people. I actually, uh, and what's with the plate, number plate? Because when I saw your, uh, you know, for website, there were like <laughs> the different number, like, number plate. And uh, uh, recently, I think you released a video that, where a, a lady talks about, you know, uh, buying a Corvette, I think, so a car, you know, buying about a car, like talking about that. So, what's with the plate? Is there any emotional connection to that?
1: that's a great question you know the whole thing kind of i've always been intrigued by humans stories yeah human interest the -hmm. human condition i really believe that we don't take enough time to get to know each other you know Mm -hmm. you I know you for just a couple of minutes, uh-huh. yeah. I, I know you have a podcast, I could research you on the internet, but mm-hmm. like who you really are, the experiences you've had that have shaped you, the challenges you've overcome, your strengths, your passions, I just find that so intriguing because it creates mm-hmm. this matrix of a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we're so much more than what we do or uh-huh. you know, who we hang out with or how we dress. So that's kind of always been in the back of my mind. The plate, license plate thing, I was in a Home Depot parking lot, Mm -hmm. and I was walking by a row of cars, Mm -hmm. and one of the license plates said, love. And I Mm -hmm. thought, oh my gosh, that's so nice. It it just felt like a message, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like a message from the universe. Love, (laughs) just love is in the parking lot. (laughs) Two weeks later, I'm in the same parking lot, Mm -hmm. walking the same row, and it was probably not the same space in the lot, Mm -hmm. but it was very close, and it was another plate that said, peace. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many wonderful messages in this parking lot, love, I did, not to do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: Wow.
1: Right, so all of a sudden, that kind of tuned me in to mm-hmm. the license plate and I started looking for messages, like what other messages are there on license plates? Now, the problem for me is that I'm a dense person when it comes to figuring out license plates. Mm-hmm. Here in the US, you can get any kind of um message and people, you have to be pretty creative because you only get seven to eight characters. Yeah. So you can't, you have to be really, um, you have to figure out how you want it to be. And some of them are very confusing if you Mm -hmm. don't know what they're supposed to be. Yeah. And even with them being sort of obvious, I never seem to quite get them. So I started posting plates on the internet, you know, Facebook, who do you ask when you can't figure something out? You go to Mm -hmm. Facebook and ask your, you know, your hive mind, What what does this mean to you? So I sort of started to become known as this license plate person among my Uh friends. They started sending me plates they were seeing. Mm -hmm. So now I've got license plates everywhere. And it occurred to me that it's probably a lot more, just like how humans are a lot more interesting than what they look like on the surface. The license plate story probably is too. There's a reason they chose that plate Mm -hmm. because you only get one per car. So you better choose wisely. So it probably means a lot to you. So, you know, I just kind of started to think about it and I thought, I wonder if there's something there and if there is, what would be a way to tell the story? And I've done podcasts in the past, but I was always a co-host. Mm-hmm. So I loved the idea of being the interviewer. That's my favorite place yeah. to be. <laughs> so I just started out with it and it, it kind of grew organically. I'm up mm-hmm. to like 27 plates that I've told the story with. I have, I think, um, about 20 more in the hopper, like people that I've been in contact mm-hmm. with. I've heard their story. I'm intrigued. I want to interview them. So I'm having a blast. Like I said, because I have a residual income business, I have time yep. to do it because it's definitely not an income generator at this mm-hmm. point because it's yeah. so new. But I think that when you talk about something that you're interested in, mm-hmm. that it, it's like a game to me looking for the license yeah. plate, finding the person who owns it, getting their story, sharing it with the world. It's kind of a game to me. And I, I really enjoy it. You know, people often ask when you get into that grind, you have a podcast, so mm-hmm. you probably know about that grind.
0: After yeah, exactly.
1: the fun wears off, there's still a s- episode to do every, yeah. however often you do them, let's say weekly. So even after the shine wears off, even after what my husband calls burn-in, which is an electronics (laughs) term, even after that wears off, Mm -hmm. you still have a podcast to do. So having something that I'm really intrigued and interested and curious about, like just today, I did a pre-interview for the interview and she's going to be on in a couple of uh, weeks. And her story is about her how she met her husband. When we got to talking, it turns out she's a psychic. She's a medium. Like she just became so much more interesting. The more and more I talked to her. So that's the story. (laughs)
0: Oh, that's great. You know, the last thing you said, you know, you know, uh, someone found how found her husband, you know, being psychic and all. And I think sometimes, you know, uh, it's kind of, I always wanted to, you know, hear people's, you know, love life, like not like, you know, uh, the sex life, like how they actually uh, found their soulmate and everything and stuff. But sometimes it's actually making me jealous whenever I hear it. So seriously, it's kind <laughs> of, uh, uh, you know, annoys me, but still it's kind of really amazing when people actually, because uh, I have a professor and uh, his wife and him actually was born in the same hospital. Uh, you know, in the near bed, in the same time, in the same date, everything, it was there. And they wow. actually came to know that after like, uh, you know, after they like married, I can, I, I think like two years, I think so. After they did the research and they came to know that. So I was really astonished. I mean, like, can I ever get a girl like that? I don't know. <laughs> that's that's like you know really big uh, you know no possibility of out there. But still, I think I think that's one of the things that's uh, super amazing. And how do you actually get those people onto your podcast? Like uh, you know, uh, it's uh, not easy to persuade them to you know just ask them to come onto their show. It's not uh, easy to get them to talk. So how do you actually do that?
1: You have to be creative, that's for sure. There are there are podcast guest resources on Facebook. Mm-hmm. There are groups, yeah. there are directories, but the problem is none of them are like, hey, and by the way, including all of my wonderful pursuits and books that I've written and courses, I also have a vanity plate. Nobody ever actually says that. Yeah. So it, it is a little bit of a mystery to solve mm-hmm. and a little bit of inspecting to do. So one thing I do, I have these um uh I have these postcards. Mm-hmm. that I will leave on a car. If I see a car that has a license plate that I think is cool wow. and I'll just like fold it over and yeah. leave it in their door handle
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: so that I'm not really touching their car. I haven't been doing that as much with COVID because I feel mm-hmm. like there should be some social distance.
2: Yeah,
1: And so since COVID started, it's been a lot more internet research I'll mm-hmm. look for people who are posting a picture of themselves with their plates on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody looks interesting and I'd love to have them on the show, I'll ask them if they have a vanity plate. Sometimes they do, but sometimes they don't. Yeah. And I, I really am trying to stay very pure to it's got to be a story that comes from your license plate. hmm now, this psychic I just told you about, I'm breaking my rule because the uh, the story is, and this is going to come, the license plate is CMA2. So that's mm-hmm. the episode if you want to, if anybody wants to go listen to it. But so the story is that her husband now, she met him through a series of coincidences. Mm-hmm. The first one being she saw his license plate and it stuck with her because, CMA, two of those letters are her initials Mm -hmm. and two is her favorite number. And it's Mm -hmm. like an important number to her, not just her favorite number. And so she, it stuck in her mind. And then she ran into him because her boss was helping him after he had a fire. Mm -hmm. And then years later, she was introduced to him and now they're married 20 years. And so the license plate was the origin of their story The license plate is no longer on the car so that's why i'm breaking the rule but i love the story and again like i said it just kind of connected all beautifully (laughs) and the story is going to be great and information about her is going to be really fancy fantastic and fascinating so um yeah it's it just kind of depends it depends i i use the internet a lot, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a DMV employee, a, a <laughs> department of motor vehicles employee, right? So I can't, I can't go search and look people up, but yeah. if I could ever find a way to identify a person from a cool plate, I will be pursuing that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe you can try with the police databases, I guess. I was about to say that, you know, I actually saw this in a movie. Uh, you know, they were actually, you know, every license plate will be registered, of course, you know, whatever license will come to be registered. So, actually, thinking about that, maybe if you have someone on the police department, but they would be really astonished. Like, you know, it's not for the investigation, <laughs> just for the podcast. They'll be really astonished to do that as well. So, yeah. That's right.
1: But, I guess I have to make friends with some police officers. And, and you know, I, I'm trying to get, I don't know if you know the story of the license plate P before we go. Do you know the story about that? No,
2: no, no. It was it was
1: pretty huge here in the US. Mm-hmm. So this woman, I think she's from New Hampshire, one of the New England states. Mm-hmm. And her license plate is letter P, letter mm-hmm. B, 4 W E G O. I think that's what it is. So it's P before we go. Like,
2: uh, like uh, I don't know right. if this is a
1: saying that you know, but like you're with your mom or your dad or your grandparents or whatever, and you're about to leave the house. They're like, wait, hold on. Before we leave, everybody go pee. (laughs) Pee Let's pee before we go. So we don't have to stop on the road. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's this whole story about it. And it, she was actually, it was revoked because um, you know, that's considered offensive. So -hmm. then there was this whole social media thing about it and it went viral. And then the governor pardoned her and said she could keep her license plate. So I'm trying to get her on, the podcast, because mm-hmm. that's a perfect story. Right. And, you know, yeah. she went through this whole thing with her license plate, but usually it's not um, as obvious
0: mm-hmm. who
1: owns the plate, you know, yeah. unless they self identify, which is rare.
0: Oh, and, and just just curious, is there anyone, uh, you know, you actually wanted to you know, interview so much, like really, really curious about them, you know, just wanted to have them on their podcast, but they rejected it. Is there any circumstances like that?
1: Yes, actually there is. Um, <laughs> How I'm do you go call them that right <laughs> out. We know for that. Well, so I'm yeah, so I'm driving down the road. This is before COVID. I'm driving mm-hmm. down the road, and there's a car in front of me who's mm-hmm. driving in front of me, and the license plate is naughty. N-A-W-W-T-Y. Now, do you not want to know the story behind this license plate? Yeah. How could you not want to know the story behind this plate, right? So I'm trying to get a picture of her plate while you know, being at a stoplight or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's, I'm not getting a clear shot. And then we end up at a closed lane Mm -hmm. construction people. They're doing something on the road. And now we're going to be sitting there for a while. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? Do I do this? Do I do it? Do I get out of my car and go up to her window and knock on her window and ask her to be on my, do I do it? (laughs) What the hell? Let's do it. So I did. And I gave her my card and she was really into it. She was excited about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she um, said, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. And then she filled out the form on my website. So she was clearly interested even Mm -hmm. after that meet cute (laughs) in the (laughs) construction zone, which I did not get run over. Thank goodness. And then I followed up with her a few times via email, like, hey, I want to get you on. When can we get you on? And then COVID happened. I said, hey, maybe you'll have extra time now because Mm -hmm. lots of people are sitting at home. Do you want to be on my show? I couldn't reach her. And then I started, I decided July would be sex, love, and marriage Mm -hmm. themed because I had a couple of plates that uh, have that theme. And so I reached out to her again. And this time I found her on Facebook and I Facebook messaged her and I said, hey, you know, I don't know the story behind the plate, but I'm Mm -hmm. doing this theme. And if you want to participate, this would be the perfect time. And her response was, I thought maybe you'd get the message that I'm not interested because I never replied to your emails. But since you're messaging me here, I'm not interested. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what she said. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, thanks for responding finally. Yeah, now yeah. I know for sure you're not interested.
0: <laughs> that's a relief for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, now I can check her off the list as a, a no. But it's, I find it so fascinating because since it's such a game to me, mm-hmm. I don't have any attachment to it. Yeah. And so when somebody doesn't respond or says mm-hmm. no, I don't get upset. I don't get rejected. I don't feel badly about myself. And mm-hmm. what I find fascinating about that is in my life, in my business,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm talking to people all the time. Yeah. And so you know, I definitely have to make requests and follow up and have people not get back to me and have people mm-hmm. say, no, I definitely have more of a reaction to that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, I've been unpacking that in my mind a lot because I do a lot of coaching on myself as yeah. well. Can't help it, you know, because I'm, I'm sitting right here. And what I have realized is, excuse me, in my business, it's connected to my worth, because it's a business transaction. And so if they say no, they don't want to purchase from me. They don't want to partner with me. Right. Then it's like, they're saying in my mind, what my mind is hearing is no, you're not worth anything. So I don't want to connect with you. You're not worth my time, my money, my effort, my right. Whereas the podcast, I just have it. Like it's a game. Yeah. So it's just a fun game. And if you say no, who cares? There's plenty other more podcasts out there or license plates out there. So I think that that's what I'm really working on right now. Like in this moment in time is transforming my conversation that I have around my business so I can turn it into a fun game, have zero attachment to the outcome because I know that then I'll have more fun, yeah. less stomach aches <laughs> and I'll have more success.
0: Yeah, I get that because you know uh, you were saying that, and having for having a passion as a game, like you know, it's really great because when you're not attached that much emotionally. I'm obviously saying, you you know, it's easy to win for, you know, having a rational mind. It's actually easy to win rather than, you know, having too much emotional attachment to it. And like you are saying, yeah. you know, it comes to business and, you know, I actually have this personal experience recently, actually. So I do, you know, video editing, uh, audio editing and sign, sort of graphic designing to some of my clients. And one of my clients actually recently asked for a podcast cover up. So I'm actually making for them. Uh, you know, with the designer of mine, uh, she actually kind of team mate. So actually to uh, you know, send it to her and she kind of do that. And uh, they didn't reply for, a, you know, for a day, I sent them this and they asked to review. They didn't reply a lot because they were kind of really busy. And I was really frustrated for, you know, two to three hours, like, why aren't they replying? I mean, like just gets done with, I was like this, sad. but after like <laughs> four to five hours, I was, you know, what I felt like, okay, if they don't care about their podcast cover art so much, why should I? If the client doesn't even care about the you know thing, then why should the freelancer should? So I was like, you know, that state of mind actually really hard for me to come by, but some sort of it did. So yeah, I think this emotional logic. I mean, like, do you took, do you take any training on that? Because is is it doesn't it, 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 does, it, does it come naturally actually? Because it's really hard. Because my parents always say that if you you know if you age, you know the you know the age. Uh, whenever you like, you're 20 or 25, you'll get that maturity and everything and stuff. But I'm really not yeah. into it because. Um, Sometimes people of 30 years of age or 40 years of age are still the same, you know, what they were doing at the age of 20 itself, they are not mature. So I'm not into the kind of age game, but uh, how do you actually overcome that, you know, uh, without emotional, uh, you know, attachment rather than, you know, having a rational mind?
1: Well, the first thing is making sure that you're doing things on purpose instead Mm -hmm. of on autopilot, Uh we are pretty connected into who we are and it's pretty solidified by the time we're about seven years old. Mm -hmm. And there are a couple of different life events through your teens and your 20s that can impact you, but we're pretty locked in by the time we're a kid. Now Mm -hmm. think about this, I'm seven years old, I'm making decisions, I'm making assumptions, I'm deciding what something means Mm -hmm. from a seven-year-old's perspective with very little life experience. And now I take that into my entire life with me.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: unless I go to an on purpose evaluation
2: mm-hmm.
1: of why and how things occur to me and how I think about things and my mindset about things, I'm thinking about them from the perspective of about four to seven years old. Yeah. So how mature am I really? How broad am I thinking? mm
2: mm-hmm
1: probably pretty narrow. So that's really the first step is to start thinking on purpose about how you think about things and why you think about things. We don't realize it but we are on autopilot yeah. for most of our lives. We're just going through the motions. We're hardly listening to each other. Mm-hmm. I saw a quote recently you can listen just to respond or you can listen to understand, but they're not the same thing. Yeah. And we're just really on autopilot through most of our lives. It's Mm -hmm. why you can drive home from work and not remember which way you went because you've done it so many times before. You can eat a meal and not even remember what you had, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the next day because we're not doing things on purpose. So I would say that's the first step. And then the next piece is really being responsible for your role in every relationship Mm -hmm. and in every conversation if I just show up and do what I do and hope for the best, and then, you know, well, it wasn't my fault, then there's always gonna be this disconnect. But if I can show up and absolutely 100% be responsible for my impact, my contribution to you, Mm -hmm. good or bad, now we have somewhere to work from. And if we can both show up to that relationship on purpose and being 100% responsible, then now what could you create some pretty powerful stuff? I was late for a call yesterday. I was 10 minutes late and I had no excuse. And here's the thing. Most people who show up late for something, they'll always have an excuse. Oh, my dog, my cat, my child, my husband, my breakfast, my laundry, right. We'll always have an excuse, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have, uh, I didn't, need to make an excuse because i was just willing to be responsible for the fact that i was late and i kept the person waiting and when i'm able to do that now i actually get to hear how that uh, how it was for them Mm -hmm. that i was late and the person was mad (laughs) pissed angry (laughs) they had to get up early to do this call they didn't want to get up they got up anyway they kept their end of the bargain and then i just waltzed in whenever you know like angry Now, would you typically want to hear all of that from a person? No, you avoid that. I don't want to hear that. That's very uncomfortable for me. But I was willing to be responsible because my relationship with the person is really important. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that we both are part of the relationship on purpose and that we both feel valued. Mm. And it would devalue her to act like, What what can you say, 10 minutes, you know, whatever my reaction could have been. So I just listened to what she had to say. I apologized. I did this process called recreating her communication. Mm -hmm. And by the end, everything was fine. So the program where I learned this process is called the Landmark Communication Curriculum. Mm -hmm. And it's a worldwide program and it really changed my whole perspective. I've done a lot of work on myself over the years, but this is where I really finally learned that every relationship I have, every communication I have, is there's an impact on the other person.
2: Yeah.
1: And my whole life, I was kind of just like a victim. So I was not, so if I'm a victim, I don't have to be responsible for anything. Mm-hmm. It's all happening to me. But as soon as I can have the ownership, mm-hmm now anything is available to me. Anything is possible. It's really leveled up my business, my relationships, my marriage.
0: Yeah. And, and, right, because you know, it's not easy to keep that relationship. I know that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of really hard when it comes to like, uh, uh sometimes it's not able to be, like satisfy those people. Sometimes it's, it's extremely hard because we will never have expectations of them, but they might have us. So it is like, even though it's a two way, you know, kind of connection when it comes to a colleague or anyone, we may not, we may not even know what they actually want, but still you might have to satisfy like a psychic, I think. So, so yeah. And, you know, think of the autopilot thing you're saying, and you're right, because I had an incident once when I was actually driving from my home to my sister-in-law's house, you know, to pick her up. I I went there, I picked her up and I was on my way home, you know, to my home, you know, having my sister-in-law in in my back of a bike. She actually said that she was talking a lot. I didn't actually, you know, uh, really actually hear it out or anything. And she was actually, you know, tapping my shoulder and saying that, are you alive? What are you doing? I'm just talking to you. I'm I'm like, I'm sorry. I was driving. I was actually dreaming. You are driving. Oh. Don't dream when you were driving. <laughs> it was like that because I had no idea what I was doing. I was just, there was just some thought that was in my subconscious mind I was, why is this going on. And she was really afraid because it's not easy for her to, you know, account for I'm like, she's my brother's wife, and she might be truly afraid of her brother, you know, brothers. It's mm-hmm. not really soft thing. And yeah, I can I can totally understand that. And uh yeah, this is something that's really interesting. I found found it on a website actually. Uh you, you have typed that there's one thing that may be holding you back from having everything you want, and without it, success will be out of reach. So what so you said that if you want to know what's it, then contact, uh, you know, you, you and everything and stuff, but I'm <laughs> going to ask you, what's it? <laughs> great.
1: Let's talk about it. So it's really self-worth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Self-worth is the bottom line. Wow. You can write a really wonderful goal statement, get a really mm-hmm. amazing coach, set up a business plan, mm-hmm. invest money in marketing, hire a great team. You can do all the steps and do all the actions that it would mm-hmm. take to be successful. But if you do not believe that you deserve to be successful, then you're not going to have the level of success you could have if you had the self-worth to back up all of your actions.
2: Yeah.
1: You'll find it to be really hard. People will betray you, they'll let you down. You'll end up with bad people on your team instead of great people on your team. Uh, arrangements will break down, commitments will be left, you know, you'll have a really hard time succeeding Yeah. and it'll be a ton of work. And the reason for that is because if you don't believe you deserve it, mm-hmm. then all the work you're doing is going against how you're built. Yeah. So what we need to do, I believe, is go back a step, mm-hmm. go back to the beginning If I have a thought like, I'm hungry, that probably didn't start with I'm hungry. It probably started with, maybe I saw a banana at the corner of my eye. Mm -hmm. And maybe I saw the banana because I was thinking I was thirsty. And maybe I was thirsty because I was talking. You know what I mean? Like we have this series of thoughts that go with all of our actions. If we could go back all the way to the original thought Mm -hmm. that started that whole series, that's really where to look. And the original thought is about whether or not you believe you deserve to have success, happiness, joy, abundance, whatever it is. Because once you get your self-worth in check, mm-hmm. and it is an ongoing process, because this is all what we've been talking about. It's all set up when you're a kid. And I can tell you that my self-worth from my childhood was very low. Yeah. I believed that I was not worth much. and i had lots of evidence throughout my life that proved it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: from moving around a lot as a kid to how i was treated when i was in high school by the different, you know, cliques and things to my performance in college to you know my first job like everything mm-hmm. that i did. and i'm not saying i didn't have success. i actually had a lot of success because I worked so hard to try to overcome how crappy I knew I was.
2: Yeah.
1: So I, I worked really hard to overcome the fact that nobody was gonna want me anywhere if they knew how bad I was. That's imposter syndrome, if you've ever heard yeah, of that yeah. mm-hmm. phrase. <clears throat> As I started to unpack my self-worth and really evaluate it and realize how low it was,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I realized that that's probably why things are so hard. So. I have this phrase. I share it in that video. And the phrase is, I believe I deserve all the best life has to offer. Now that's just a series of words that maybe mean something to somebody, maybe they don't. But if you were to actually close your eyes and say those words to yourself and then sit quietly and then see, Sorry, and then see what your body does, and your mind does, and see what your mind and your body do. You can see if you really believe it, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because typically, if you have a low self worth, when you say this phrase, "I believe I deserve all the best life has to offer," and you like kind of listen in to how you react to that, you'll get a lot of uh, disagreement, argument deep, deep inside, stuff you don't say out loud, right? This yeah. is like the inner soul we're talking to. When I started to do this practice, I would say this almost like a, a protection against bad feelings. Mm. Something bad would happen. No, 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 I believe I deserve it. You know, it was like I would use it as a, def- like a shield. <laughs> the more I said it, you know, mm. we can talk ourselves into anything. Yeah. We can brainwash ourselves for success or for failure. And so I started to brainwash myself that I believe that I deserve all the best life has to offer. And my life ever since, it has not become a fairy tale, but I have, things are easier. The people I'm working with are more engaged. My success comes with less effort. My income has gone up. My quality of life is better. And I still have work to do, we all do. Yeah. Right, we will always still have work to do. And the appreciation for the good is in the contrast. Mm -hmm. So I know there will always be things that come up, challenges to to face, lessons to learn, but I'm having so much more fun now. And when you talk to me, you're getting the real me Mm -hmm. instead of this fabrication that I think you'll appreciate and you'll like. I'm quite the chameleon. I moved around a lot Mm -hmm. as a kid. And so I can be whatever a person wants me to be to try and fit in. And I don't do that now.
0: <laughs> Yay. And that's yeah. what I actually I, I can understand because I actually, you know, changed five schools until my 12th grade. So I can totally understand your feeling. It's, it's, and the funniest part is that people that I have studied with, they actually remember me, but I can't remember them. That, that's the major stuff because. Uh, you know, two, two years, I actually changed to, you know, schools, but the last six years, I say, I actually stayed in one school. And when people came to me and said, Hey, Jeffrey, how are you, man? I'd be like, I was like, what? Who are you? <laughs> That's the first question. <laughs> Who are you, first of all? Just say it, then we can talk. Because there'll be different people with the same names and everything. And it was really, really hard to get by first. And in the first day of college, has happened. You know, a friend of mine, his name's called Karthik, And what he actually said was, well, Hey, Jeffrey, how are you? I said, I mean, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, yeah, I'm fine. Who are you, by the way? I mean, like, was like, that's the question. And he said, dude, I'm Karthik. And The thing is, he remembers everything about me when I, it was like, you know, uh, pre-kindergarten and the lower kindergarten. That was the uh, wow. age that we were actually, you know, friends with together. But uh, I don't remember uh, anything. About, he remembers me exactly as I was. What food I, you know, had when I was, you know, in that school. I, I, I don't remember him at all. Still, I'm really feeling guilty. He's, my, he's like my best buddy right now, but still... I still don't remember, you know, what happened at that day. So yeah, I think, I, I think it's kind of a really um, an awesome thing, but. Um, okay. So let me ask yeah. you a
1: question. You said that you still hold on to the guilt that you mm-hmm. feel from him, not knowing you and you not know from him knowing you yeah. and you not knowing him. Yeah. So do you get the importance of that? Like to you, that's just part of your experience. It's mm-hmm. part of your tapestry. But do you get what impact that has on you?
0: Yeah, kind of. Because whenever he says, you know, like, uh, dude, we have done this, we have done that, and I have no memory of it, and it kind of hurts, you know, <laughs> it kind of stings like a bee. And I was like, yeah, 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 dude. I would like, I just, you know, nod, uh, nod, and uh, yeah, I, I really get that importance. And it's not, it's, it's not an easy, to, easy things to, easy thing to, you know, digest, but. Uh, Yeah, I think I think it's really important for all that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, let me ask you another question. Mm -hmm. Do you think that your feeling of guilt Mm
0: -hmm.
1: impacts your relationship with
0: him? Uh, No, I guess. Interestingly, no. I think.
1: I would. I would disagree. Now I'm over here, and I don't know your relationship. Yeah, yeah.
0: You get that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. But here's what I would
1: assert. Yeah, I'm going to assert something right now, which is. Every time he says, oh, do you remember this and that? And you say yes, and then you feel bad about it because you don't, you're not telling him the truth. You're feeling guilty that you don't remember. You're having all these emotional responses to it. Yeah, I would say that there is an impact on your relationship because you can never be 100% authentic with him. You can never fully let your guard down with him (laughs) because there's like this un spoken guilt that you carry around that's between you and i'm sure your relationship is great and maybe it's great enough for you Mm -hmm. and these are the little tiny things that we don't even think of as very important Mm -hmm. but that can really impact a relationship so maybe your relationship is good and it could be amazing but a lot of times the relationship is okay and it could be good. If we were just to look for those little things and then take responsibility for them and then do something. We Even if it's just inside yourself, I'm not even saying you have to go to him and say, listen, I have to tell you something.
0: <laughs> we have to have a talk.
1: You don't even need that, to that, do that. That's a
0: bad phrase. That's the worst <laughs> phrase ever in Hollywood in every single film. That's the worst place ever.
1: <laughs> Yes, but only through breakdown comes breakthrough. Yeah. There's this, um, there's this concept called perturbation. Mm-hmm. The word perturb, perturb comes yeah. from there. Perturbation says that things are set up a certain way. Mm -hmm. Let's look at a wall, like the wall is built a certain way. The bricks go here, the mortar is in between, everything is set up so that that wall stands. Mm -hmm. Perturbation is a concept where something happens and the wall is destroyed. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now in cellular level, they've actually looked at these kinds of events and what ends up happening is with immunity, and healing what the body does so maybe a wall is not a good example because in physical space this wouldn't happen but um the the thing actually rebuilds itself mm-hmm. but now it's stronger so it can withstand what just happened so it would be like if the wall was taken down with a big tidal wave and then it built itself back up but now it's reconfigured itself so that uh-huh. if a tidal weight ever comes back yeah. it will withstand it mm-hmm. right so it's sort of like how immunity works but if you think about that in life, if we can br- break down something with a big event, like, oh my gosh, telling my best friend, this thing I've been carrying around, that's perturbation. You're gonna create an explosion. But when we put it back together, it becomes stronger as a result.
0: Well, so I'm not telling you what to is do. Actually the, <laughs> the hardest yeah. thing, yeah.
1: I know, of course. Um, like my friend with, that I was late for the call, I could have done so many things. And in my olden days, I would have. Mm-hmm. I would have made excuses. I would have felt bad, but I wouldn't have taken responsibility because I didn't want to hear how mad she was. I was gonna hopefully like, just get it past us, but it would always have been this thing between us like I can't be counted on. There would always have been this thing. So instead I just owned my mistake and I listened to all the things she had to say And she was mad. So, you know, not to say that she, um, you know, tore my head off or anything, but she was mad. (laughs) It was very clear, (laughs) (laughs) but I was willing to be with her anger Mm -hmm. because I was late.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, the bottom line is it was my responsibility. So, you know, this is just one example that, but the point is in all of our lives, we all have these little nuggets, that when they're in the way, they can start to add up to big, huge piles in between us, which can really like the, sort of like these unspoken communications that we hold in yeah. for fear of what it might do to the relationship. But it could actually be tearing the relationship down mm-hmm. because they're there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more because you know, I have this really bad habit. Like it's, it's not like how to say uh, a major stuff, but when someone actually breaks my trust or I mean, like I don't trust a lot of people actually like six to seven people, that's the maximum people that I trust like entirely up to my life. So if they actually question my trust or breaks my trust, I literally want to kill those people. Seriously. That's how the rage actually has come because yeah. I don't know that, 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 uh, you know, trust I don't I actually know it's really bad You know, thinking about that itself but uh, (laughs) when it's yeah when it's and you know I actually you know tried to hit a friend of mine because he broke my trust once and actually went there and I was about to hit him and you know I don't know I calmed down somehow because that spark was gone because every single relationship will have a spark you know saying that you can trust him you know you can just say whatever you want that'll be a spark but if that spark is gone that's it no matter it's possible to you know reiterate it but still no matter how much it's, uh, you know, trying, it's it's not working out. So yeah, you know, when you're asking me that questions, you know, I said, no, I kind of had that, you know, thing, but there'll be circumstances when it comes, you know, like you said, you know, uh, when he asked this and I'm saying this, yes, and it kinds of things, but most of the times it would be good. And yesterday this incident happened, actually he was actually asking me something and you know, did you say this to that person? I was mean, like, why are you asking me? Why are you not trusting me? Why, how can you even ask this question? That's what the first thing that I actually asked him. I mean, like, if you trust me, you won't ask that question. I mean, like, yeah, clarification is great, but you know, the way of asking and everything is different. And yeah, I think, I think, you know, if it comes to philosophy and stuff, I can just, I'll talk day and day and day because the things I experienced, I mean, like many people obviously do, you know, they've been through many experiences, many stories and everything they learned. I think, I think, I think that's going to be a totally an awesome thing. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you actually, you know, so I was supposed to be the interview right now, but you asked me a lot of questions and you took.
1: Me- I love to interview. It's true. Yeah. That's why I don't do co-hosting I have, anymore.
0: I should, have, I should have taken that point into my head. I, I kind of, I kind of, you know, just let it all out. In the middle,
1: so. I'm also a coach. So, yeah. it, you know, that's one of the things that I do when I'm, when I'm coaching mm-hmm. someone is I'm listening for threads that we can inspect mm-hmm. and see. And at the end of the day, it's your life. And it's your choice. You know, a coach can only guide and advise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my whole motto is I'm here to help you win whatever winning looks like to you. Yeah. And so if what you want to work on is, you know, business and you, what you want to work on is your social media, if what you want to work on is your relationships, whatever, like I'll work with people on whatever is there for them that's blocking where they want to go, mm-hmm. which is what winning is for them. Yeah. But those kinds of things, they can sneak up on you. And there's a saying you may have heard, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: Have you ever heard that saying? Yeah. So if you have this kind of thing with trust, with your close circle, then chances are the trust factor might be impacting your business relationships as well.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And maybe it looks different because it's business to business but maybe it's from that same core thing that stems into different areas of your life. So um, yeah, I uh, unsolicited coaching opportunity. Uh, sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, when I asked the question itself, you know, I was like wondering, I mean like, okay, I'm going to break a secret, you know, instead of signing up to my email and everything, I actually asked this right up my mouth. So yeah, I think, I think that's a trick, you know, a trick when it comes to podcasting. It's just that, You'll never know what's come, coming upon you. And, you know, what do you say? It's right. You'll never know about that. And, and uh, here's
1: the best yeah. part about it yeah. as the podcaster, interviewer, host, you have complete authority. You can remove yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, so yeah, could remove it. Yeah. Oh, I could ask
1: you anything. We could talk <laughs> about all your secrets. And then you could just delete it before you put it out. <laughs>
0: Yeah and you know doing face to face is actually really major that thing than that because you can see the face you can clearly understand what the person is thinking and it's really kind of you know at heart it's really hard to you know do that and yesterday i was having this podcast with <laughs> a, a person called Catherine and she was saying that you are really you know uh, good because when you said that you wanted to do a video call video in you know, a podcast itself i was really astonished because she hasn't done a lot of she has done a lot of interviews and everything but you know when she was asked as a podcast you know guest and everything she no one ever asked to you know turn on the video for that so she was really? uh, yeah like uh for her as a guest it was never a video podcast just that audio yeah. only so yeah she was like just that i mean like i was, I was really astonished. I'm mean, like okay maybe i don't know but i like i always like to talk to people a lot you know just kind of nature i think so so yeah, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I love
1: the video i've always do biz, a video podcast unless they request not to yeah yeah.
0: Then that's the major thing. And you know this is actually coming out right out of the podcast that I actually always always ask my guests is that uh, uh who was the uh, is, just before that is it morning or evening there night anything else?
1: It is um late morning.
0: Late morning. Okay, awesome. So, actually,
1: I think it just turned uh afternoon. It's like eleven thirty, twelve.
0: Okay, so morning Okay, so this is a bit. So, who was the last person that you actually made smile today?
1: Uh, you, have been smiling, (laughs) (laughs) but before you, uh, I guess I would have to say my husband. I am, we work together. We live Mm -hmm. together. We are quarantine buddies for the (laughs) pandemic. (laughs) Our relationship is stronger than it was before the pandemic. And we were working on a project right before this Mm -hmm. and, uh, going through some stuff and, you know, we were looking at our business and how much it's been growing, making some plans, creating some goals. So I think that uh, he was smiling through that.
0: <laughs> wow, wow, that's great. And it's it's really amazing. Great question. You know, thank you for that. And actually, I can't take credit for it because uh, a, a guest on my show, he actually uh, said this and uh, he was actually asked this question. He, he The question wasn't related to me either. either he was actually asked somewhere in that uh, and it really intrigued me because when you actually ask this, when you're asked this question and you actually wait like 10 seconds to answer, then you're not impacting anyone's life because, you know, if you could say it in, you know, in five seconds, six seconds, then you obviously know that you're making someone smile. Then obviously you, you are actually, actually, you know, impacting someone else's life. So yeah, I was, I was really wondering, I, I'm i really glad someone, no one asked me, asked this question me, you know, yet. So I was really <laughs> happy. With don't ask me, please don't. <laughs> so I was really happy. I was just
1: about to, I felt like yeah, that was an invitation. <laughs>
0: I know you're about to, so it's actually my mom, obviously, you know, we actually talk a lot, so it's my mom, so the answer is being clear. That's
1: nice, that's nice.
0: So yeah, and uh, okay, so you, you, you sh- I think you should actually drink your water right now, because I'm going to do a rapid fire question, so it's actually three questions. Oh no, you can- I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, it's three questions, and uh, you were actually the last episode, you know, of my podcast, season three of the podcast, so I think I just wanted to do this real quick, so sure. You can answer it in a line or two. That's uh, totally fine. But okay. uh, you know, it's actually a simple questions, so don't get too excited or too. No, I'm nervous. It's <laughs> simple one. So, shall we start? Yes, let's go. Okay. So the first question is, what do you like about podcast? Just one or two.
1: I, I love the different people I get to meet, mm-hmm. and it is just a completely new community that I was never part of before, and I love all the people in it.
0: Awesome. So what you don't like about the podcast?
1: The work involved in getting a podcast episode, ready to go, like all the different tiny pieces that have to be done mm-hmm. so that it is not only complete, but also well promoted.
0: Awesome. So what are the problems that you're actually facing in the podcasting you know, right now?
1: Getting the audience because I have such a broad guest based uh, I don't have just entrepreneurs or just health professionals. So it's, you know, finding the audience for something so broad, even though plates are so niche.
0: So uh, there's still two more questions. Uh, so if you have never done a podcast, what might you have done? Other than that, if you are, if you decided you were so going to start a podcast, but you didn't, so what would you do elsewise?
1: I would probably do something youtube based where mm-hmm. it was video based instead of podcast episode based.
0: Okay so one final question is that if you were you know driving on your way to down to the road you know and you were actually and please don't take this in a negative way and you were actually hit by a car and you were in your dying last breath so who was the last person that you would obviously think before going just, just asking it a positive, because whenever <laughs> I think of this question, people might think that I I'm, I'm like, you know, a Carol, person this, up there.
1: <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind is this is like, if you are given an Oscar and in your acceptance speech, you forget to thank someone and they know it yeah. <laughs> and they, they hate you forever. <laughs> yeah. Like you're asking one person and I, I have, I, I can't pick one. I have this very, here's how I'm going to answer the question. I have this very amazing close knit family community Mm -hmm. that I've created. And of course it includes my husband uh, because we are partners in life and it includes my father because we are spiritual explorers together. Mm -hmm. And it includes my mother because we are best friends Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it includes both of my sisters because I feel like, a guide to them because I'm so much older, so I wouldn't be able to just think of one, and so I, I yeah, that's my. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, my
0: that's actually a safe zone answer. Okay, it's not, it's not actually <laughs> a rabbit financer, but uh, I, I think, I think oh, I mean. I
1: know, I know.
0: <laughs> but I think you know you actually mentioned your husband at first, so exactly. yeah, I, I guess, I guess I know. Taking as a priority concern, I'll take your answer. So <laughs> I mean, like yeah, okay, <laughs> if fine. you want to play this to your you know parents, you can, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I don't know what they to it. Well, All right, so
1: I failed the rapid fire quiz.
0: <laughs> well, I actually this is my first time doing it, so I think I think there's no failure or you know success in the podcast. I think so.
1: Okay, so this is the bar other people can be, beat. Yeah. How about that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's another one. Uh, so one just one final question before you know closing is that uh, sure. what do you actually think is the best tip? that you can provide to a fellow podcaster, like in your niche, like someone wants to do something really much different. What tip would you give, like that's the best tip in the whole world that you can provide?
1: I think that I I have so many, I I feel like I should write about podcasting from everything I've been learning. Uh, The biggest question I hear from new podcasters is how do I promote my show mm -hmm. to grow my audience? And so that's the answer I'm gonna give the tip the best place to find listeners for your podcast is people who listen to podcasts, because even though there are so many podcasts, the listener base is still growing. So being able to guest on other people's podcasts will access an entire new audience Hmm. that didn't know about you. I am constantly adding podcasts to my listener, my subscriber list because I hear them interviewed on a podcast that I found somewhere else. So finding places where you can get your voice out is really important, but it's super easy to do these days Mm -hmm. because there are so many people with podcasts that are looking for interviewees. So create a one sheet Mm -hmm. about what you offer Mm -hmm. as a guest, add yourself to some podcast guest Facebook groups Look for podcast guest directories they are popping up all over the place right now. And just start putting yourself out there. It's easier than you think yeah. to guest on other people's podcasts.
0: Wow, that's totally awesome. And you know, I was actually wondering, you know, to have, you know, me being featured on other people's podcast guests, you know, because they're all like, you know, Facebook groups and, but uh, I'm, I'm thinking I'm not actually ready for it yet because it's, it's not easy to ask (laughs) questions to, And because I always loved asking questions and, you know, I always love talking, but you know, when people ask me the same question, like, you know, how, how do, how do your podcast start and all that? They, sometimes they will ask this question and I was like, every single time when they asked, I will be wondering how did it all start? I will ask the question. It's, it's not easy to, you know, to recollect everything and stuff, but uh, every single time it's a hard thing. So, yeah, I think promotion actually really plays an important role. And uh, just now I'm actually, you know, as I do video editing itself, so I kind of create a lot of micro content from uh, these episodes and, you know, promote on the podcast and stuff. So, yeah, I think, I think my audience would be really loved to, you know, have that as a really important thing. So, uh, is there anything else you want to ask me? Not, not, well, not, can, not life-related, not <laughs> life-related, not life <laughs> <laughs> Safe like
1: questions <laughs> only. Yeah. I mean, you had some zingers for me too. Those were <laughs> some pretty rapid fire. But I'm <laughs> into
0: <injury>, you, right? I'm <laughs> into uh, like
1: you. Said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have one more thing to offer, if you'd like it. Yeah, yeah, sure. About, I'm not ready yet to be mm-hmm. interviewed. I would say, you know what kind of questions you ask. Yeah. So the two things I would do to prep myself to be interviewed One, what are you most passionate about and most expert in? Mm -hmm. Like a list of those things. And then two, create a mock interview list Mm -hmm. of what you would ask someone and then just see how you would answer it.
2: Yeah,
1: Like journal how you would answer it Mm -hmm. because the hardest way to answer something is the first time that you have to kind of get your brain around it. The more times you have to answer a question, the easier it comes because your brain's kind of been chewing on it
2: mm-hmm. in
1: between Ask the times you were asked. So those are the two things that I would share as unsolicited advice, but definitely just start doing it. There are a lot of new podcasts, so the bar is pretty low of expectation. You're not up against, you know, Tim Ferriss and... Um, Russell Brunson as guests on the guest list, right? So the, the bar is pretty low of what's expected because they're new, they're learning too. Mm -hmm. There's so many of those, so many opportunities. Um, What are you looking, this is my question for you is uh, my final question. So what are you looking to achieve with your podcast? What good is it? What contribution is it to the world?
0: Okay. um so if you if someone is going to start something let us say a business or you know something in life or anything like that so if in case someone is going to start a podcast and they can actually come into my content and after seeing that if they start their podcast then my goal is achieved simple as that. And actually it's been done by one person, actually, you know, someone uh, actually saw my post and she actually texted me that, you know, what are the, you know, the mics I can do that and everything and stuff. And I actually interviewed a lot of, you know, people like 50 people I have interviewed on my show. So I kind of have knowledge from them that what they have said and uh, did my research as well. So I said to her, to do, you know, do this and do that? And she actually, you know, thanks so much. I'm going to start my podcast. And she did, you know, start her podcast. And I was like, okay, so 25%, I think I didn't done, done my job well. So I mean, like, yeah, I don't have a huge, you know, Instagram following and everything and such. But when people find my content, they will obviously DM me saying that, you know, can I have, can I come onto your show to, you know, as a guest or, you know, can you suggest this? So if that's the thing means obviously that, maybe I'm a little bit of friendly to do that and podcasting and stuff. So yeah, I don't get it. In, I don't use that to get it in my head because if it, if, if it once got into my your head, it's, it's a total game changer. <laughs> so yes. yeah, I think, I think that's the only thing I want to achieve. If someone look at certain content, starts a podcast, then I'm just happy. <laughs> you know, I love it. Something.
1: So inspiring others mm-hmm. to find their own voice in podcasting.
0: That's Beautiful. where I'm putting it.
1: Good answer. I, I
0: should have used this intensive. <laughs> <laughs> really well, nice.
1: you know, I that's one of the things that I do as a coach is mm-hmm. listen to what you say and hearing what's behind it so that we can actually unpack it and see what's there to discover.